0: This is Ashley Kalsh, and you're listening to Life Coaching for Modern Renegades, episode number 62. Welcome to Modern Renegades podcast. This is a life coaching podcast for the person who wants to learn how to lose themselves in the moment, not life circumstances. Each week, we will explore mental and spiritual practices that will inspire you to ask, seek, and heal. They are for the modern renegade. They are for you. Hello, Renegades! How are you today? Well, here we are, one day before February 14th, the most celebrated day of the year for me, as it is my birthday. Why, yes, it is. Some of you may know of tomorrow as another holiday that does not include me, which is Valentine's Day. And I know that it's celebrated. I also wrote an article on Tribeza, my column about Valentine's Day and this hallmarked event and my opinion on that and some of my observations of it over the years of my 41 years. I guess I wasn't really observing it, those first few, but I have had a unique position in my mind of seeing all of the ways in which people respond to this one day that calls on love and romance and affection and how if you don't have someone It calls on your self-worth and lack. And if you do have someone, it puts in question what their love means, (laughs) what you make it mean by what they give or don't give. I also had the joy of having the lingerie store for 10 years in which I watched the masses coming in to buy whatever they thought was apropos for this Valentine's Day, this holiday So you could imagine red lace, black lace. Do you have roses? Do you have chocolate? Can I get a gift exchange receipt? No money just so they can come back in case it doesn't fit. There wasn't much thought into it. That's not all the time. I don't want to make it seem like we didn't have incredibly thoughtful people. But my point is that this one day, 24 hours, not all year, not throughout the month or the week, just one day... In my column, beg the question Can we as a society perhaps consider it a lifestyle and not just something that we celebrate one day a year? I mean, how glorious would it be to feel affection and intimacy and pleasure and love and little forget me not sweet somethings that seem like nothing but mean so much at random all the time, not just? one day a year. I demand more for you because I know you deserve more. But anyway, like I said, tomorrow's about me. <laughs> and I'm notorious. If you ever date me, you'll know. It's, it's a two separate gifts on this day, two separate holidays. There's no two for anything here. That's how I roll, though. I make it really clear. <laughs> this year, no one has that pressure. I am taking it upon myself to spoil me in all the ways. I will not have a pleasureless, unromantic day, I can assure you. I hardly have any of those anyway. Unlike most weeks when we come on here together, I am not going to coach today or tell a story. Well, scratch that. I am going to tell a story, but I'm going to read from a chapter in this book that I came across this year. Few months ago, I went to find a book, "Women Who Run with Wolves." I'd had a psychedelic ceremonial evening the night before, and I felt very called (laughs) to find this book that my mother had read. I remember it being on our coffee table and in her room growing up, and I was like, "I have to, I have to read these words that she read, and I have to understand women." I couldn't find the book anywhere. Instead, I came across "A Woman's Worth" by Marianne Williamson. She wrote a return to love. This book was written in the 90s. I've been quoting it quite a bit throughout my work here over the past few months because it has definitely resonated with what I have going on, the way in which I'm seeing the world, and the way in which I want to continue to grow and evolve into the world. You know, I will admit to you all right now, I've always been sort of weirded out by, not weirded out, but when I would hear, like, for example, words I would not use, like goddess It's a word I was always like, that's just not for me. And I was reading another book that said, you know, we're so used to hearing the word God. It's easy to just throw out God. But for God, it's a little bit like, "Mm," I never really considered that perhaps that wasn't a normalized word in my life. No one was ever really using it. And then a lot of conditioning and programming around what the feminine energy is, and to say the goddess and to talk about that would be maybe considered woo-woo or maybe girly or weak. I don't know that I was buying into any of that. I'm just saying I never felt inclined to use the word. However, now, as I'm continuing to do this work, I'm like, why wouldn't I be saying goddess? If I'm going to talk to God, why am I not throwing out goddess too, or just a goddess? Maybe it is just a goddess. So I want to read this Because it just, for me, like I said, is hitting home. And it's sort of maybe my Valentine to you. How's that sound? A birthday card for me to you. (laughs) Is that even like necessary to say? I'm not sure. But here we go. This chapter is called A Magnificent Adventure. She quotes Marie von Ebner Eschenbach In youth, we learn, in age, we understand. There is a collective force rising upon the earth today, an energy of the reborn feminine. She is peeking around corners, taking over businesses, tucking in the children, and making men go wild in every way. She knows us at our source. She is not, as we are not, lacking in virtue. She remembers our function on earth, that we should love one another. She has come to reclaim us. She has come to take us home. As the feminine spirit seeks to rise, there are numerous forces seeking to push her back down. This is a time of monumental shift from the male dominance of human consciousness back to the balanced relationship between masculine and feminine. The goddess archetype doesn't replace God. She merely keeps him company. She expresses his feminine face. The resistance to this is stronger than most people know. The invalidation, the crucifixion of feminine power is one of the most emotionally violent and subversive forces at work today. Time after time, the goddess has been beaten, thwarted, shut down, emotionally, physically, politically, and socially, by men and women alike. Every time a woman is raped or beaten, every time a woman is attacked on the street or crucified in the press for no other reason Than that she is a woman every time a strong woman is squeezed out of the workplace because her presence there is threatening to the old order we are witnessing the skirmishes of a vast invisible war the fate of every woman alive today whether she likes it or not is that the story of her life shall be played out against this panorama her relationships with everyone and everything from her parents to her teachers to her lovers to her children to her friends, to her job, to her employers, to her employees, to her community, to her culture, have been, are, and will be affected by this gigantic conflagration. We have no choice as to whether or not this is happening. Our only choice is whether we shall open our eyes. When we remain ignorant of the forces swirling around us, we suffer the consequences of all unconsciousness remaining at the effect of forces over which we seem to have no control. Should we awaken to the truth of the moment, we can consciously usher in one of the most important human breakthroughs in history. We have the opportunity to forge a marriage between masculine and feminine, more potent and more vibrant than any we have experienced on the earth for ages, more beautiful perhaps than any the earth has ever known. The story doesn't begin with grown women being massacred in the workplace or the press. It begins with innocent little girls who become convinced, for whatever reason, that the girl within them isn't good enough. From there, they turn into women who are always seeking to deny their femininity. From there, they attract others who will want to do the same. In order to dismantle the social disorder in which women are oppressed, we must begin where it all started, a long, long time ago when we were very, very young. Many of us grew up in dysfunctional families because modern society is a dysfunctional place. But the spiritual journey... The path of recovery and personal growth is a detoxification process in which we bring up and out the negative beliefs we have carried with us from the past and which now poison the present. We then learn to invoke the flame within us, which did not go out during our dark and difficult years. However confused we might have become, angels protected and shielded us. Our spirits did not die There is an ever-renewable natural strength within us that still exists and is accessible now, regardless of what mommy did or didn't do, how daddy loved us or ignored us, or whether we feel we've succeeded or failed at life so far. I call that innocent place within every woman the lost girl. I could have been a mystical princess. I should have been a mystical princess. I was supposed to be a mystical princess, thus cries the woman who has tried to reclaim her lost girl. The lost girl is still within us, the girl who wasn't allowed to blossom, the girl whose natural childhood instincts were unnaturally capped at puberty, the girl who squelched in fear of the woman she would become. For years, we've lived damaged, cut off from true expression of who we are because we don't know who we are. We are numb to our own creative juices. No one held the space for our gorgeousness, and now we can't find it. As maidens, we were crushed. We were treated with suspicious looks at the very moment someone should have been turning up the applause. We don't know how to be women because we were taught it was not okay to be girls. Our most natural impulses were thwarted and distorted. We were like lava channeled into plastic molds. Recently, I met a woman in her early 20s who was deeply depressed. Looking at her, I saw myself 15, 20 years ago. I recognized every desperate feeling, every horrified thought. I asked her why she felt so sad. She told me she felt misunderstood by her father, who didn't want to pay for her therapy or for her move to another city. She said she was trying to make her way in the world but kept falling down. She couldn't stay with any career for very long. She felt fat, she felt inadequate, she felt embarrassed, and kept thinking that other people were laughing at her. The reality in this instance is that of an exquisitely beautiful young woman, as fat as the Pope is Jewish, and as lacking in brains as Susan Sontag, here is a girl who doesn't know how to find her glory. But that's what our 20s are for, I told her. They are the time when the maiden turns into a woman. The princess becomes a queen. The child grows up. They are not the time to concentrate on our parents so much as they are the time to concentrate on ourselves and our own abilities her father's money came with a very high price tag as it usually does what she wanted in a protector was not to be found in daddy but in god the peace and security she was looking for could be found only within herself through a search for a higher more noble life and an embrace of the glory within her i told her that a career grows out of who we are who we are doesn't grow out of career Our goal must not to be find a job, but to become a magnificent woman. That is the mystical calling of every woman's heart, and it is our core task as we grow up. Later on in life, we are often bound by things, by responsibilities, by people and situations that keep us tied to certain spaces and times. But as a young woman, we must fly away free, away from mommy and daddy, away from dense conventions of the world, away from childhood and into the arms of the goddess who awaits her. "'A hysterical depression can then become a magnificent adventure. "'When I myself was about her age, "'I worked for a man who was and still is a master at Logos. "'His intelligence is staggering. "'At the time I knew him, I was a maiden, "'a young woman like my friend, "'whose thoughts were scattered like wind through a half-built house. "'I knew many things that I could not yet articulate. "'I felt different from others, "'unable to play the parts assigned to me by the world in which I lived. "'As for the man?' I knew he couldn't truly see me, but still, I felt that one day my life would turn out fine, and I knew he would be surprised when it did. Everything he spoke of was factual. Everything could be measured and provided by the scientific mind. I, with my feelings bruised and scorched, knew that the lessons I was learning were not from the intellect, but from the trials of my heart. I knew these lessons had more to do with where the world was going than did any of his facts or figures. The heart would be the language of tomorrow, because the heart is where our pain is. Recently, I read that he had said of me, she was the last person in the world you would have ever expected to be a success. I laughed when I read that, understanding his thinking. The feminine way seems weak to the masculine prejudice. And when I worked for him, I was developing a feminine spirit. Lots of tears, lots of drama. For thousands of years, the woman's way, our way, has been kept underground. And like Mary, we are not prepared for our role. No gracious, institutionalized structure is unrolled like a red carpet to usher us into our glory. We come into it covered in a mess from our rocky ascent. But now the goddess is returning. She is making her way up. And people without eyes to see will be completely in the dark about the journey of women all around them. As the goddess begins to make her claim on them, there will be more rather than fewer girls who appear to make no sense. The goddess makes a dramatic entry. When a system is flooded with new and radical impressions, it seems to implode before making a quantum leap forward into something different. Thus, there are millions of girls who are depressed to a degree beyond what their families and friends find normal, but who are actually undergoing the feminine journey into full and actualized consciousness. One day they will be queens, and the transition wouldn't have happened had they not cracked up when they did. The princess does not become a queen if she stays the road. It is as if there is a beautiful enchantress in a luminous bubble. She stands before us and beckons for us to become her. Faith in her invokes our best. We change. We become unlike who we used to be. It is the miracle we sensed when we were little girls that one day we would live lives of joy in enchanted castles. Let us all seek that is true and loving and good about womanhood, and ask for the blessings thereof for ourselves and others. We ask that womanhood bless our communities and our families and our friends. We ask for wisdom and guidance that we might reach the highest vibration of humanity of which we are capable. We look to God and his many teachers, to the goddess and her many faces, to show us what we do not know. And from here we grow, more each passing day, into the women God would have us be. There is no higher prayer, for there we shall know. Joy. And this is what we were born for. Joy is our goal, our destiny. We cannot know who we are except in joy. Not knowing joy, we do not know ourselves. When we are without joy, we grope in the dark. We are centered when we are in joy. We attain our wisdom. A joyful woman by merely being says all. The world is terrified of joyful women. Make a stand and be one anyway. Joy is what happens when we allow ourselves to recognize how good things are. Joy is not necessarily what happens when things unfold according to our own plans. How often that happens, we married the right man, had the children, got the job, and we've still known despair. Joy is what happens when we see that God's plan is perfect and we're already starring in a perfect show. It demands that we have the audacity to embrace the knowledge of just how beautiful we really are and how infinitely powerful we are right now without changing a thing through the grace that's consistently born and reborn within us. Such an embrace is not arrogant, but humble. It is not crazy, but realistic. It is an appraisal of our lives through the eyes of the goddess. I have not known a lot of joy, but I have known some. When I am there, in that golden circle where everything feels wonderful for no apparent reason, I try to memorize the feeling, the terrain, the scenery. I have noticed how full I feel at those moments, with an overwhelming sense of righteousness. About all things. I know that this is our natural state, that the purpose of our lives is to achieve it consistently. For now, joy is a gift, an act of grace that's here when it's here and not when it's not. But perhaps joy can be practiced. Perhaps we can decide to be happy to give joy before waiting to receive it. This is not denial, but affirmation of the power inside us. Embracing joy heals depression, then we become the ones who teach the meaning of joy to our children, as well as allowing them to teach it to us. We bring joy to one another, to the men, to the children, to God. Just knowing we're meant to do this increases its presence within us. Our deciding to be joyful demonstrates our willingness to relinquish the petty and negative preoccupations that stand in its way. When we give these up, a more joyful life has a chance to emerge. The goddess doesn't fight our pain, When she is in our hearts, the pain is gone. I think women can have it all, but not immediately. The various forces of power takes years to develop fully. One of the ideas we must agree on and continue to forge with individual and collective vigor is that a woman's life goes uphill at 40. The French say that a woman blossoms at 40, but in America, we're still burdened by our abhorrence of age, particularly in women. I remember when I was younger and looked great in a way that only the young can look, But I'm also sure that in those days, I had no clue as to what makes a woman glorious. And some young women do, I realize. They know more than I did, much more. But women my age and older, who didn't know until now, should continue to blossom as long as we're breathing. For me, and for many other women 40 and over, the pieces of the puzzle have only just begun to fit together. What mature women want is this. The lightheartedness of our youth with the added depth of our suffering over the past few years has given us. Through the grace of the goddess, it is within our grasp to have both. Genuine spiritual experience transforms our suffering into something beautiful and lifts the heavy burdens from our hearts. The older we get, the lighter we become. It takes effort to move in this direction because it is counter to the ways of the world, but running counter to the ways of the world is the purpose of our lives. The enlightened system isn't set up so that we work hard, finally find joy, experience it for a relatively short time, and then grow old and die. Unless we strive for an expanded, more compassionate vision of age and aging, the achievements we seek here are at best cruel mockeries of our pain-filled efforts. Let us imagine a woman's life improving as she ages. Age doesn't have to be bad. It could, in fact, be magnificent if we take our spiritual lives more seriously. Throughout our 20s and 30s, we care so much about what the Joneses think, even if we think we don't. These two decades are the time when we're most tempted to try to live for others. Around 40, it occurs to us that the Joneses are either going to like us or they're not, that the Joneses have holes in their socks too, thank you, and that we have less control over what other people think than we ever imagined. And other people shouldn't have so much control over what we think either. There's too much you should and you should not, told women these days. Whether a woman takes hormones, wants to have a facelift, wants to admit her age, or wants to talk about menopause is nobody's business but her own. There's privacy in a woman's heart that should never be violated, and certainly not in the name of feminism. We are doing the best we can. Whatever we come up with on our journey to expanded consciousness, let us have and let us be. What's going on inside us matters. Everything else is cosmetic and should be treated as such. Once we remember we're cosmic queens, these issues won't arise. That's the only solution to all our shallow traumas. We can stop trying so hard to win the love and power and influence in the world, because on some days, we'll have those things, and on others, we won't. But if we look to them for substance, we will find despair, and growing more desperate, we will grow old. Age appalls us because maturity appalls us. Our 30s are the time to get serious about being an adult, taking responsibility for our communities and our families. Our 40s become the time for getting good at those things, for achieving some mastery. In our 50s, we should be able to shine. People in their 50s are like full-bodied wine. In our 60s and 70s, we could, in addition to shining, start teaching others, those coming up after us, how to do what we have done. This renegade's is what I want to leave you with today. I hope you let it sink in. I hope some of you wanna to listen to it over and over. I hope many more of you will want to read this wonderful, wonderful book from Marianne Williamson. It is truly such a great piece of education for me and where I am in this time in my life. And I think it could speak to anyone who's tuning in to listen to this, but if it's only this that you get from it today, then, then my work is done. I hope you have a beautiful weekend. I hope it is filled with a lot of love and romance. And I hope that you take that experience and you roll it into the week. All right, until next week, think and stay sexy. Hey, renegades. If you're finding the tools and concepts I'm sharing each week about your brain on dating, You won't want to miss out on working with me one on one. I've just launched my program, Wake Up Before Another Breakup, and in just eight weeks, you won't question if you can trust yourself to date or why you can't find the one. Head on over to modernrenegades.com forward slash programs to learn more about it and how you can work with me. Let's learn how to lose ourselves in the moment, not the man.